Hello, my name is Wang Yan, and I'm a reporter with News China. With our podcast, we aim to provide insight into the current trends of modern China, allowing you to clearly see what's happening today through a historical lens. Today, we continue to discuss how an ancient horse trail in China's mountainous southwest helped to play a key role in defending the nation amid the fires of war. The Yunnan-Tibet Tea Horse Road was for transporting poor tea from tea-producing areas in the southern part of Yunnan province, mainly poor and Xishuangbanna. And the route from this region was packed with perils of its own. Poor tea originated in an area along the bank of the Lantang River in Xishuangbanna, known as the Six Major Tea Mountains. During the Qing Dynasty, lasting from 1644 to 1911, poor tea was chosen to be the national gift of tributes for foreign envoys. Poor tea was allowed to be sold on the market only after the tribute tea had already been selected. At this time, tea merchants would gather and form caravans to transport poor tea to the distant lands of Tibet. And it was the long and arduous journey ahead that led to another innovation: compressed tea bricks were invented to facilitate the long-distance transportation of tea leaves. It would usually take the caravans half a year or even longer to travel from Yunnan to Tibet. Compared with the Sichuan-Tibet Tea Horse Road, it was relatively easy to employ mules and pack horses to transport tea from Yunnan. But the caravans had to pass through the hot and humid Hongduan mountain range, and tea leaves were sometimes soaked by rain, which caused them to get moldy. After which, the leaves would continue to ferment throughout the trip. Once these caravans reached Tibet, the fermented tea would be sold at a lower price. However, to the surprise of the tea merchants. This fermented poor tea suited the Tibetan palate even better because of its smooth taste and strong aroma. There is another theory that says the fermentation came from the leather pouches used to cross the Jinsha River. The pouches were made of sheep skin and served as a kind of airbag. When needed, people could blow air into the pouch to help them float across the river. But in those rushing waters, it was inevitable that the tea leaves would get a bit damp, which caused them to ferment throughout the long trip. This fermented poor tea is the ripe poor tea familiar to modern-day tea drinkers. In 1933, a British expedition team forcibly entered the Banhong and Banlao areas. In the west of Changyuan Wa Autonomous County of Lingtang, Yunnan Province, to conduct mineral exploration and military reconnaissance, there is another theory that says the fermentation came from the leather pouches that used to cross the Jinsha River. The pouches were made of sheep skin and served as a kind of airbag. When needed, people could blow air into the pouch. To help them float across the river, but in those rushing waters, it was inevitable that the tea leaves would get a bit damp, 
which caused them to ferment throughout the long trip. This fermented poor tea is the ripe poor tea familiar to modern-day tea drinkers. In 1933, a British expedition team forcibly entered the Banhong and Banlao areas in the west of Tangyuanhua Autonomous County of Lingtang, Yunnan Province, to conduct mineral exploration and military reconnaissance. Naturally, the local Hua ethnic people put up a strong resistance. The following year, British forces responded by burning down Hua village and massacring 44 Hua people. This atrocity became known as the Banhong Incident. In the wake of the Banhong Incident, then the provincial governor organized an army of more than 3,000 soldiers to fight against the British. With the help of armed forces, from the 17 Hua tribes. To engage the British forces, the then-ruling Kuomintang and Hua armies marched towards the battlefield along the Yunnan-Tibet Tea Horse Road. The road became an important supply line in the war against the British and later during the Chinese People's War of Resistance against the Japanese aggression from 1937 to 1945. By 1941, Japanese troops were in control of all the seaports along the eastern coast of China and large portions of their adjacent urban areas, making it extremely difficult for the Allies to provide supplies to China. However, since Japan had no control of Yunnan province, which shares a western border with Burma and other Southeast Asian countries, the Allied forces were able to transport military and other supplies to Kunming, the capital of Yunnan province, and from there to other parts of China, using the Burma Road starting from the port of Rangong, now Yangon, in southern Burma. In early 1942, Japan took control of Burma from the British, and Burma Road was forced to close. The only remaining ground supply lines were cut off making the most difficult time during the war of resistance against Japanese aggression. It was against this backdrop that the Asian Tea Horse Road, this maze of meandering mountain trails and concealed cobbled pathways became a vital lifeline of supplies. The Russian-born traveler, explorer, and author Peter Goulard describes these massive caravans in his memoir Forgotten Kingdom, a book about his nine years in the ancient forgotten Chinese kingdom of Naki in Yunnan, he records that the caravans employed more than 8,000 mules and horses, as well as some 20,000 yaks to transport supplies to the hinterland during the war of resistance against the Japanese aggression. Like hundreds of thousands of soldiers on the front line, the caravan merchants also fought with their lives to maintain the flow of goods along the Asian Tea Horse Road. But in those days, they did so not for profit, but for the nation. No one could have predicted that the Asian Tea Horse Road and the ethnic groups who have trod upon it for generations would embody the hope and ensure the future of the Chinese nation. History shows that the Asian Tea Horse Road 
made an indelible contribution to the liberation of the Chinese nation. Well, that's the end of our podcast. We want to thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please tell a friend. For our writer Li Weitao and Zhang Jing, translator Yang Guang, and copy editor Pu Ren, I'm Wang Yan. See you next time.